Mm-mm-mm. My goodness, we have gotten to the Sweet 16, and what a barrage, what an avalanche of games it was in the greater Indianapolis area and all over the state of Indiana for the last few days. And now we get to ah, exhale a little bit and digest all of it before it all resumes this weekend as part of the 2021 NCAA tournament. It is college basketball coast-to-coast. I am merely the somewhat rested very much humbled with my bracket, host of the program, T.J. Reeves. I have enlisted some great help to help me for the full half hour here in a moment. Colby Dant will be here from the College Experience, the rocking college sports podcast as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows. He'll be with me momentarily after I remind you that however you found this show, social media link, Whatever the case is, subscribe on Apple Podcasts to College Basketball Coast to Coast and find us streaming nonstop on the TuneIn Tag Sports Group channel. TuneIn's a free app. Got tremendous content on that app from sports to music to talk, news, whatever you want uh, that's there, including the games. The Westwood One uh, radio broadcasts of the games are on TuneIn for free. Find us on TuneIn on the TAG Sports Group channel, T-A-G, TAG Sports Group, streams top and bottom of the hour uh, every day, all the way through the rest of the tournament, through March, through the Final Four, different shows, different programs every day about lunchtime, Eastern time. So again, find us there. Find us on the podcast as well. All right, enough of the promotional stuff. Let's get to the good stuff. Here he is. A a man that I am pleased and proud to say is every bit as addicted to this stuff as I am. We need like a serious AA meeting after all this basketball we watch. Colby Dan of the College Experience with me here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. I've I've been kind of asking everybody the same question. Was this any good? Was this any fun for the last few days? My goodness. How are you, sir? I mean, it makes up for the pat like I and I and I look from the start. I'm I'm one of these. I think I'm in the minority here of thinking that I think we are at a point in college basketball and I've been a fan since the early 90s. Right. Diehard fan since I could be of age to understand it. Uh, And I think this era, the past few years, has been the best college basketball era. Now, I know people will say I got into an argument today on Twitter about, well, you look at those uh, those Duke teams and the uh, North Carolina teams in the 90s. And I go, yeah, but they were also winning by 100 this Grad transfer rule, everything that is applied here. I guess the one and done tends to help this too, but the grad transfer has neutralized the sport. And I find like this, I think the sport is excelling at the best it's ever been. I know that's a hot take, but in my lifetime that I can recall, I, I think it's at the best it's ever been. Well, we certainly see offense. We see the understanding of the three-point shot. We're going to get to Alabama. We're going to get to what USC did in the final of the eight games on Tuesday here in just a second. But the three-pointer has become such a weapon, and they've even moved the line back, and it is still, uh, you know, by a few inches, it's still so much of a weapon uh, in the college game that, yes, I I would agree with you, for scoring, for offense, et cetera, it's exciting to watch. Uh, There is no doubt uh, about that. I always love comparing eras. Uh, and hey, let's let's get right to it on uh, on two on Monday night. I get all my days confused here on Monday night. We saw the closest thing as somebody that is a historian of this game for the last 40 years. We saw the closest thing to Loyola Marymount and Bo Kimball and Jeff Fryer and Paul Westhead's team from back uh, in 1990 with Alabama and what they did to Maryland. 
Um, th- this was a coming out party on the biggest stage of the NCAA tournament, just like that was in 1990. Spread the floor, run and gun, shoot early in the shot clock. If you're not getting a, a shot at the hole, you're kicking it out for a three. That was fun. That was fun to watch. Your thoughts, Colby. There's my thoughts on what Alabama did to Maryland to get into the Sweet 16. Oh, I mean, that was just, it was beautiful to watch. But, uh, but at the same, I mean, I, I have been watching this Bama team all year. And Nate Oates, I was a fan of him at Buffalo. Um, now, granted, this is a much high-powered machine he's got than what he had in Buffalo. But at Buffalo, it was still really fun to watch. Um, yeah, I think this team, you know, obviously I don't have a perfect bracket, uh, but, but I, I did see, I thought UConn was going to play Alabama. And I thought the winner of that game, was going to come out of this is out of this side of the bracket. But I mean, Maryland shocked me. They played a lot better, but then what Alabama just did to Maryland, who was, I thought getting a lot better. in I guess the, the final stretch of the season, despite, you know, having lost to a Northwestern stuff, but I mean, the sky's the, 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 the limit with, uh, you know, that with the Bama, I mean, they just, they really uh, can excel and, and just a, a really impressive performance after watching that. I, what makes you think they're going to lose a game? Well, I mean, there could be some factors. I know what you're saying, but they have so many different guys that can shoot the three. And if you, the the phrase that has been taught to me years ago, in in some ways they seduce you into playing their style up and down, spread the floor. They want to go up and down with you. They want to wear you down. That's what that Loyola Marymount team did on steroids, essentially hyperdrive. And they, and they got Maryland caught up in that on Monday night and John Petty, who is arguably their best scorer, who's been in a funk since the end of the SEC tournament, was in a funk in their opening game uh, as well with Iona at the beginning. He came to life in that segment. And, Colby, I think you agree with me. I see you nodding here as we rock along. That's bad news for everybody because there's another weapon, and he he found his mojo, whatever you want to call it, did he not? Oh, for sure. And, I, you know, I'd been high on him all year. Yes, he had been in a slump for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, the guy, I think the guy's a money player. I love the whole team, really. Uh, you know, their big man, Herb Jones, just a complete fun guy to watch. Like, I mean, they, they, you could go one by one on this roster and, and, and say, oh, well, this guy's a stud. I even heard one coach to say, uh, who was it? I, I don't recall a coach, but uh, said it was one of the most athletic teams he's ever seen in college basketball. So uh, something to keep in mind there, but yeah, this Bama team, uh, I mean, I, I could totally see them. Get, I, I, I didn't have Michigan with the livers injury. I just didn't think Michigan, but I, I'll be honest. I was impressed by Michigan today. I thought LSU would, might get them because Let's of get right into that. As you're hearing from Colby Dant here on the college basketball coast to coast program and podcast, you find him at the Colby D at the Colby and the letter D Uh, and also find him through the College Experience Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You find all of their stuff. This man previewed every single game that just took place from the first four through the opening round. What did that – that totaled up to be 52 games, I believe, with the first four, something else. You talk about dedicated and diehard. That's fantastic. Let's get to Michigan and LSU. LSU gave them all they could handle. That's an LSU team, by the way, that Alabama beat three times, including nipping them in the SEC title game. They gave Michigan all they could handle, but Michigan showed something, even without livers, uh, hitting big shots, getting some stops. Uh, Dickinson down low in the middle. Uh, they, They showed something as the number one seed there out of the Big Ten. That's one of the few bright spots for the Big Ten. Colby, your thoughts real quick. 
Uh, yeah, and Dickinson got into foul troubles, so he—I mean—he played great, but at the same time, they also had to depend on others to uh, to 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 get him over the hump. There, Wagner was big. I mean, there was a, a slew of good players playing uh, at a high level today for the for Michigan. But um, look, I thought they this was a big game because I thought LSU could beat them. I really thought LSU obviously been a bad defensive team all year. But this one, they passed the test to me. They looked the part to me. I know that down the stretch, they had, they had uh, you know, kind of fumbled away some games, I think, to Michigan State and to Illinois without uh, Dosumu. I'm still a skeptic on them reaching the, uh, the, the final four, but this was encouraging. This was encouraging. Now, because uh, next on deck, Florida State, they're kind of a weird team. Florida State looked great today, but through, I've been following them throughout the year, and they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde here. They're, they're a team that lost to UCF. They're a team that uh, then needed overtime to beat Wake Forest. Uh, like, I mean, they, they're really hard to get a grasp on. I mean, there was a point where I thought Florida State was, might be the best team in the country. I thought, like, they were going to be a Final Four team if you would have asked me, like, February 5th. So Michigan's got the work cut out for them with, with Florida State, but I kind of lean Michigan in that. So, uh, and, and really, kudos to Juwan Howard. It already, you know, exceeding my expectations of, of what he would have been as a hire for Michigan. And the Phil Martelli hire as assistant coach, highly, highly underrated. We've been talking about that. You were on with me before. We've been talking about it on this program. You know, I mean, he doesn't accidentally win 500 plus games at St. Joe's. He can coach, he can X and O and they've done a, uh, they've done a fantastic job of holding it together. And who knows if livers can play later on here in the tournament, sweet 16 game, et cetera, for this weekend, interesting little footnote here. It's going to get played up even more. When Michigan two years ago uh, in the tournament now, uh, actually three years ago in the tournament now, got to the, uh, the Final Four, they did so at the expense of Florida State in the Elite Eight game in Los Angeles. Now the two of them are playing again in the Sweet 16 uh, here in this scenario. And one more thing on FSU. Uh, we were talking about this, and I'm, my hand is up. I believe Georgetown was going to win the 12-5 game with Colorado and we've already covered this on this show, but I'll get your thought on it. They guarded absolutely no one in that game on Saturday with Colorado. They let Jabari Walker. Am I old enough that that's Samari Walker's kid from Louisville in the NBA that Jabari Walker's now playing college basketball? I'm old, Colby. I'm old. But anyway, Jabari Walker made five threes in the first half by himself. They made 11 as a team. Tonight, Jabari Walker couldn't get a shot at the time that we're taping this against Florida State. He had one three-point attempt in the entire game. They had like six three-point makes for the entire game. FSU guarded the daylights out of them, and that gives them some hope for down the road. Uh, they got McKinley Wright in foul trouble, which I think was – I mean, I, I, I've watched Colorado all year, and without him, you can't really – that, that, that offense doesn't do much. So that was a great angle for them. They also guarded him well, even when he was playing uh, that height difference. McKinley Wright, little undersized point guard, was, was, was pivotal in their win today. But Florida State's a weird team because I feel like the last time they, they played Michigan, they, uh, they were way – like this is still a tall team, but that, that team that they had before was super athletic, couldn't shoot as well as this team. This team's a little better scoring the ball. Uh, still got some athletes, but – uh, I would say less athletic than that team two years ago, but better at scoring the ball. So it'll be interesting to see how they match up against the Wolverines. 
And Leonard Hamilton, all he has done is win. I mean, uh, people don't realize he's now been there close to 20 years and every year winning season, every year contending in the very tough ACC, every year wins games, plural, it seems like in the NCAA tournament. And here they are in the Sweet 16. Uh, again, I love Colby Dance uh, insight. So I love this. You're based in Los Angeles with you and Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, all you guys out there. Please explain to the rest of us across the country what has gotten into the Pac-12? Because my, I know Colorado took the loss on Monday night, but other than that, they look fantastic. Uh, USC just dump-trucked Kansas on Monday night. Oregon began the day by dump-trucking Iowa. What is up to the positive with the Pac-12? What are you seeing? Well, I, I mean, I was kind of on this. Uh, now, I wasn't on this much success but I, I thought Oregon had a shot to go deep and I still think I mean Oregon still could be a, a team that really tests Gonzaga um, but look this is a conference that I think it's underrated or uh, you know overshadowed essentially because of their timing um, because the East Coast you know the college football and college basketball kind of run on the East Coast I feel like East Coast time frame so they are people aren't staying up to watch these games and uh I mean, I, I'm not shocked by this. People thought Oregon State. I had Oregon State in the Sweet 16, just to let you know. Uh, as a guy that watched them all year, they were a little bit inconsistent. And Wayne Tinkle doing a great job. Former Montana coach. He came in and, and you know, they almost fired him last year. Uh, there was speculation, I think, on him getting fired. So I don't I shouldn't say yes. that. Yes. I mean, he and the AD apparently do not get along, but guess what? It's like the great country music song from Toby Keith. How do you like me now? I just tried to sing on the podcast. He's won a bunch of games. And how do you like me now? You can't get rid of him now. Uh, and obviously them winning that tournament was a harbinger of this is how good they are, but that's how good the Pac-12 is when that team emerged and beat the teams that we're now seeing uh, win games in the NCAA tournament, uh, it just says something for the depth of the Pac-12, for sure. Well, and Oregon State specifically, like that was a team that was really hard to project. Everyone had them finishing last in the Pac-12. Not not myself, but yeah. um, they only returned a few players that even play. I, I mean, they went the Juco transfer route, playing a lot of freshmen, a lot of transfers. So they weren't the most experienced team. That was really hard to forecast when you looked at the, the, the roster of the incoming roster. So they've been able to figure out, but what, what, what has been key to me in this tournament is they're lanky. These two, not only Oregon state, I'm saying a lot of these PAC 12 teams have size. Now, uh, when I say that Colorado, ironically, the team that probably, uh, yes, they have some good fours, but at the guard, they were kind of small. Well, you look at the Oregon state's guards, you know, their athleticism, that guy, Alatiche, who was guarding Cade Cunningham, a lot of the game, great defensive job by him. And uh, and that was really the, the their success, you know, throughout. You look at the Iowa game today with Oregon. I mean, one team was just way more athletic than the other. Obviously, Oregon had so many more scorers. That's key. Um, and then USC. I mean, Mobley is going to be a top five pick, so that can solve that right there. But UCLA is the team that I did not forecast. I mean, I, I had they been healthy, I would have probably forecast them to make the Sweet Sixteen. But they're doing this without two of their better players. How about that? So, so kudos to uh, Mick Cronin because, I mean, that offense is running really good right now. And, and look, we just touched on Bama. And, and look, I picked Bama on my bracket to, to, to beat. I, I had UCLA getting, uh, getting past BYU, but I did not have them going any further than that. But 
I, that's an interesting game because UCLA is offensively really impressing me. I mean, Abilene Christian, say what you want about their offense, but that defense was 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 fire all year long. If you've watched any Southland basketball um, and UCLA, I mean, sure, it was it wasn't like a, a, you know, something we just saw with Alabama, but that offense looked really good against a good defense and it's and it's looked good for a while. So. Uh, voice of Colby Dant hanging here from the college experience. That's his podcast and show sports gambling podcast network of shows. Love his uh, insight uh, on everything, but especially West coast that we're talking about right now through the sweet 16 UCLA, a 20 point win. And as you mentioned, they have shot the ball. Well, uh, our colleague Mark wise has said on this show for years and has said it again over the weekend and even really said it again on the Monday show. You got to catch a break every now and then. And you look back for the Trojans in the first four, they, they had a great back and forth game at the end of regulation, but Michigan state had the ball in their hands with a chance to win the game and tried the step back three on the left wing, not going to the hoop. None of that didn't run a play. It's no good. And UCLA gets in the overtime and wins. They could have been home is my point right then and there. Instead, Mick Cronin, who loves cigars, is smoking a cigar uh, once again because he's in the Sweet 16. They have made the most of it, I guess, is my point. you got to catch a break sometimes. They've made a most, the most of it after catching the break. Yeah, and, and they, they really lightened. I mean, they really got better in that second half. First half, they were getting blown out. But we, how many times have we seen this where uh, the first four uh, a team, you know, whether it was VCU or Tennessee uh, with Quanzo Martin went to the Sweet 16. Someone at Syracuse did it to the Final Four. And and how about, uh, I have the stat, it's now the fifth time. It is the fifth time that a first four team has emerged as far as the Sweet 16. And you mentioned Virginia Commonwealth, which I believe that was the first year of the first four. If not, it was only the second year, but I believe it was the first year, got all the way to the Final Four. So there's some merit to that. But, how, I mean, how who had this? Who had UCLA in the Sweet 16, but it has worked out well uh, for them. They were very impressive against BYU in the opening game. It's got size and athleticism, and they beat them. Well, it's not only, like, who had this, but also they're playing at such a good level right now. I mean, sure, yes, Gonzaga's undefeated, and Baylor, Baylor looked great, but they're playing at such a good level. You can make a case for them going very far. Still, I mean, like, I think me and you would both probably take Alabama if we had to, but... I, I'm a little nervous of that game now because my bracket when I mean, I, I turned in a few brackets, I, I you know, but I had I had Bama or UConn winning going further. And obviously that UConn one's making me look like a fool, but uh, UCLA potentially might make me look like a fool if they take down Bama. And, and what do you what do you think of that game? I mean, I, that's- I love the matchup. Uh, obviously, Alabama's high powered offense. Cronin can coach Jaquez uh, hitting some outside shots for them. Uh, they are tough, too. UCLA so uh and and, you know here's one more point uh while we talk with Colby Dan about this on college basketball coast to coast there's no travel involved so everybody is obviously going back to the same hotel the same practice area um and and get and finding their groove and and UCLA found that groove on that Thursday night and had to win the game in West Lafayette that's about an hour and a half away and come back in but you're, you're staying in the mojo and in the moment right now so it's just interesting for the teams because there's no airplanes. There's no go to a new city. There's no go back to your campus. Like a lot of years, teams would go back to their campus for two or three days and then come to the new site or at least a couple of days and come to the new site. Not happening in this crazy 2021 tournament. And I think that'll favor UCLA, who's kind of in the groove right now. 
But again, it's no different for Alabama. They're hanging there too. It's the same for Michigan. It's the same for Baylor. It's the same for Oral Roberts. It's, it's the same for Loyola of Chicago uh, as we rock along here um, on this. Uh, all right, so, so much to, to talk about. You mentioned the USC game, and so I love the gambling nuggets, et cetera. I would be disappointed. I haven't asked you this, but I would be disappointed to learn that out of 68 teams in the field, did you not have at least 68 wagers on the first five days? Did you have at least 68 going somehow, some way, some direction? And I should plug this because us at the Sports Gambling Podcast, we definitely advised our listeners to take our, uh, we have a, a rule, take off to 32 first half unders, right? Actually, actually 36, or yeah, I believe. Right, right. yes, 36 with the first four. And uh, we uh, hit at, I think it was uh, 73%. So uh, on the on the Friday, on the first day of the 16 games, it was like almost all of the first halves were under. So you were rolling that day. I want to say the only ones we lost on even at that was like a buzzer beater. It was like a buzzer beater at the at at the half. I want to say it was the Nova game, if memory serves me correct. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Uh, These get these days start to all, you know, compile. One was which day. But uh, but yeah, just an unbelievable uh, you know run that we had there. So I hope you I hope your listeners can gain something from it. Check out the sports gambling podcast. Here's, no doubt. Here's another nugget that you guys will be chewing on. Andy Infield with the win as the coach at USC. Now nine for nine, babe, in the tournament. Florida Gulf Coast coach, USC coach against the number. ATS, he's 9-0 and after they covered tonight as the underdog against Kansas, and now they get ready to play Oregon. So whatever that line is, just file it away for what Mr. Enfield has been able to do. And uh, much love to Jason Powers of the Powers on Sports podcast. He was on on Saturday night, and he said, hey, I'm all over Enfield and USC for this Kansas game because they're 8-for-8 eight eight against the spread all time with him as the coach at the helm. Uh, two schools, yes, but USC looked fantastic. Uh, making what 15 three pointers um, again. And you, as you mentioned, they got a couple of NBA caliber players on that team. They'll now get Oregon in the sweet 16. Let me give you the floor. Was there another team oral Roberts? Fantastic story. Loyola, Chicago, man, this seems like it was three weeks ago, but it was actually a day and a half ago. Loyola, Chicago, just a dominant performance against Illinois. Who, who stood out? Pick one, pick two uh, yeah. uh, from the, from the second round here. I mean, I got to start out with Loyola. I mean, I feel great because I was on that money line and the points, but uh, I I took both to cover myself because I thought there was a chance Illinois would win that game, obviously, but but being Illinois, they look so sharp. And it, to me, was just flat out, out coaching Uh, Porter Moser. I, I think... I've been so impressed over the past three years, even the year they didn't make the tournament when I saw them rebound because they lost a bunch of seniors. I think Crutwig and uh, and one other guy was was uh, the only guys that came back from that team uh, on their like eight man rotation. And I, the guy is I, I think you can make the case that he might be the best coach in this tournament. I really like I was blown away. I thought it was genius. I thought they had a formula with Lucas Williamson a tall guard who's known for his defense locked up on Dusonu and then Crutwig, who I think is probably the most, one of the most underrated players in the nation uh, being so big in his mass against Coburn. Well, Crutwig owned Coburn. And I thought it was a genius point of view. Now I understand he works with the ball. He's a, he's a good passer, but they specifically ran a lot of point center with him. And then 
to get Williamson free from Dusomu, they would run them through two or three screens. It was crisp, though. I mean, the defense all year has been just unbelievable. And I, and they were misseated. I think we touched on that last week or something, but they were completely misseated. So I feel sorry for Illinois in that way. But you're going to have to play them at some point. Amen. I, I'll say this. Loyola, in my opinion, has looked like the best team in the tournament. Now, yes, you could say Gonzaga because Gonzaga's played Oklahoma and Norfolk State. Oklahoma didn't have one of their better players. Um, so it's hard to get a gauge for Gonzaga. They're playing great. They're doing what they have to do. But as far as like impressive, I mean, the, they were like Loyola's barely turning the ball over. They're playing defense. I know defense what you're like- saying. I know what you're saying because they look on both ends of the floor as locked in and prepared and changing defenses and varying up the offense and that kind of thing as any team. You're not saying that they're necessarily the most athletic, ready for the next level NBA style team, NBA style players, but in terms of execution in terms of varying up the defense, which Moser learned from Rick Majerus, the late Rick Majerus, on throw different defenses at people, even possession to possession or segment of the game to segment of the game to throw them off. They, You are 1,000% correct. They had Illinois rattled, and Brad Underwood apparently determined and stuck with, we're just going to play one way. And, and oh, by the way, we're not going to vary our defense up, even though we're trailing the whole game. Porter Moser, again, was playing a def- different defense sometimes, three possessions in a row. So that's yeah. great coaching uh, I, on his part, for sure. And that's a bracket buster Sweet 16 game. Loyola Chicago against Oregon State, and somebody goes to the Elite Eight. That's why we love this tournament, Colby Dan. We love it. I mean, I like Loyola because I, I, that was just – they never trailed. People, I don't know if people realize that. Illinois yep. – has two, you know, first round draft picks probably on their roster, and and they never trailed. And man, I just thought, what a game plan, what execution! You watch a, a rebound go up, uh, you know, the whole team's going to the ball. That just every little angle, the rot- defensive rotations, just I, it, it was the most impressive performance to me thus far in the tournament. About three or four minutes left on this edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast. You're hearing Colby Dant with me uh, here from the College Experience Podcast. Find that podcast. He and Patty the C um, and others are on that thing uh, all over the tournament on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I didn't mean to sidetrack you. Give me another team that stood out from the second round that you're really anxious to see more of in the Sweet 16. Is there another one uh, that stands out? Uh, We didn't talk really about Oral Roberts, but I'm not going to steal your thunder. Who do you like? Well, I look, I mean, I could go on Oral Roberts, but I feel like, and they do deserve me to sure. do that. But the Syracuse Orange men are making me yes. look like, they're making me look like, I mean, I was one that I thought it was very fortunate that they got in the tournament and, and, and then to not be in the play-in game. So I actually thought yep. at one point they should have been in the tournament like a week leading up to a week there. I did. I ended up thinking they made the right call by putting Syracuse in and Louisville out when it was announced but I thought they should have been in the play-in game. But, man, I mean, I, I, I could not believe they beat West Virginia. I actually couldn't believe they beat San Diego State the way they did. But, I mean, that zone is, is working, and then they're shooting the buddy Bayheim doing a, a classic Reggie Miller, in my opinion. Or size. Yeah. Who else in the tournament? I mean, Matt Mooney at Texas Tech had a run, I guess, kind of crazy like I'll give that. You a couple of names because you know that we both do this. Jimmer Fredette went bonkers, remember, a few years ago, and they seemingly couldn't stop him, and everybody fed uh, off of that. 
there, there have been others. Uh, who was the kid? Carson Edwards, a couple of years ago Purdue. for Purdue, went bonkers shooting the three. Purdue feeding off of that. We've seen this in recent history where, again, I, I'm not making them out to be a national championship contender, but they are playing with confidence. And Kelvin Sampson and Houston better study those two games and realize do not leave the three-point arc. When I, I watched them all year, and I was like, this team's not very good. So, yes, the defense, the zone always gets better towards the end of the season, but wow. So, it's completely impressive, and I and, uh, can't wait to see them against Houston because I think they got And again, shot. same point. I'll interject one more time, and then we got to get out of here. They're all staying in Indianapolis. It's not like there's travel for them to go somewhere else. They're not coming from the West Coast, playing in the West Regional all the way back East and then back to the West Coast, et cetera. Everybody's there, so you wonder if Syracuse can stay hot. Can USC stay hot shooting it? Uh, can some of these teams that, uh, that, that played well without can, – can Oregon State stay hot? Uh, again, shooting threes. They're in the same area, even though they're not playing in the same buildings. We'll see. One more time, I plug for him. Find him at the Colby D on social media on Twitter. Find them at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, the College Experience, and SportsGamblingPodcast.com. You've done a fantastic job with me. A half hour has flown by on college basketball coast-to-coast I look forward to listening to you guys more for the ins and the outs on the Sweet 16. We now get to recharge the batteries for like five days here and relax a little bit. And, and uh, in the East, go to bed before 1 a.m. on one of these nights here, which we haven't done for like five nights. You guys have it better on the West Coast. But I, I'm anxious to hear what you guys are talking about on the College Experience and all the shows, the Sports Gambling Podcast. This is going to be great stuff, and it continues this coming weekend, my friend, one more time. Yeah, I just don't want it to end, man. I thank you for letting me hop on, man. I, and I will break down every game at the College Experience Podcast. So, guys, get, do yourself a favor. Subscribe. I appreciate you letting me come on the show. Hey, I love it. So, uh, again, for the Sweet 16, you got eight matchup previews that are going to be coming for this weekend. Get all over it with Colby Dan. Colby, thank you, brother. I appreciate you hanging with me here on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Anytime. There goes Colby Dan. A reminder again, however you found us, social media links, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Also find us on TuneIn on the Tag Sports Group channel. We are back tomorrow with a brand new edition of the nation's college basketball show. Coming your way every day through March in the Final Four. It's college basketball coast to coast. Bye.